Obviously, if you're joining us live here on Utreon, you already know this. We do it so we can hold shooters. Guns, there you go. This is the Walther PPQ 22LR Tactical that I have here. YouTube won't let us do that, so that's why we're not going live on YouTube. If you're listening to this on audio and you want to join us, you need to go to Utreon slash Who Moved My Freedom Podcast or WMMF Podcast. You can Google it. You can look it up. You will find it. And that is the place that you can join us live. Or, obviously, later we will put it onto the YouTubes as a replay for all you folks out there. But we can't, you know, we can't go live and hold guns. So there you go. That being said, see, I've got guns. I know my friend Sean from Pew, Pew Look at him. He's he's dual fisting it. I mean, I got two Walters over here. I'm, two I'm Walters. doubled up. Yeah, there you go. You're a Walther dude all the way. Do you have a Walther hat, though? Look. I got the Walther hat. I got the PDP shirt. What you got? What kind, what kind of shirt is that you got on? It looks cool, actually. I got this. I oh, got you're this. showing this, off the baldy. This is a PDP tactical shirt right here. Yeah, it looks good. I like that. There's all kinds of different guns on there. I'm going to my set, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to look at that on the, on the PDP tactical side. I like that shirt. So that being said, let me press the buttons here and get all into this show. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation, Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory provides 100% U.S.-made firearms and awesome binary option triggers. Their focus and purpose is to provide freedom tools to all Americans, especially those in not-so-free states. So when you're in the market, please consider Franklin Armory. All right, so we are live. Here we go. There we go. We've got Sean of PPU Tactical. Okay, so Sean, we do jazz hands. That's how we get it going here. There you go, jazz hands. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 926 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. And my guest, as I said, is Sean Curtis of PewPew Tactical. Sean. That's it. What's That's up? It. Hank, uh, thanks for having me back, man. It's been <laughs> too long. It has been. It's good to see you, brother. (laughs) You move closer to where I live. You know, you're in Texas. I'm in Florida, but it's not close enough. It's not close enough, man. You need to get in that Pew Pew tactical helicopter. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you guys have like a Blue Thunder type helicopter over there. No, we we need something like that. Yeah, man, come on. Blue Thunder. (laughs) Yeah, it's parked right next to Airwolf. Oh, oh, Airwolf is even better, man. Airwolf. Okay, whoever is pulling the purse strings over at Pew Pew Tactical, you need to get up on that Airwolf. What is that, like a bell? Someone will tell me in the chat. Was that like a bell? It was some kind of bell uh, helicopter that was, right? I think Man, so. Yeah, so, I so. think so. But obviously heavily modified for a combat <laughs> for t- scenario. Yeah, for TV. <laughs> and uh, I think there was like one movie purposes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up, man? How's everything going? What's going on in your really world? Really good. Really good. Um, so I am absolutely excited to tell you guys that I am now one year in at PP Tactical. Uh, I started writing for them in 2014. Uh, back when I was still in law enforcement and uh, or 2018, I'm sorry, I started with PPU in 2018 and, um, you know, continued on in my law enforcement career. And then eventually 
got to a place where I didn't want to do the other thing anymore. And uh, these guys were kind enough to bring me on board, uh, moved down to Texas. And uh, it, it's been an exciting adventure ever since. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, the role keeps changing, mm-hmm. but it's still essentially about telling stories and obviously in the um, Second Amendment community. So we're, we're excited about it and um, really thrilled that, you know, it's been one year in and uh, I'm living that dream, man. Like the things that I always thought were so cool, if I could do those things when I was in that job, right? Like so many people right now have a job and they're looking at other people doing something else and they're like, ah, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I was that guy. Like yep. I was that guy. And, and you, you uh, were, you were serving in law enforcement in, was it in Portland? You know, on the West, on the West coast, right? So Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and it's kind of funny. Um, I, I had a guy who's been a writer for a long time, especially in the, mm-hmm. the second amendment community. Uh, David Fortier uh, told me, look, uh, take that fuel, take that angst that you're going through uh, in your career and use it to fuel you to move into something else. So, mm-hmm. so I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and David Fortier, how, how well do you know David Fortier? Uh, well, well, how well does anyone know David? Fortier? <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy, man. I love that oh, guy. Good that guy. is one of the, so for me as a, a YouTuber, you know, as a gun guy on YouTube, uh, oh, there was always like a weird relationship with the writer guys. I mean, I don't know if you went through this. I definitely went through it. David Fortier was never that dude, man. He was always good to me, always welcoming, always encouraging. Um, out of nowhere, he would drop me emails and things like that or whatever. I saw him in person. I really do love David Fortier, man. He's a great dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I owe him so much. I mean, I'd gotten a start writing for Police One on the digital side, but David Fortier gave me my first break. Um, he got me connected uh, with Rob Manning over at Gun World Magazine. And so I was able to kind of go back in the progression, I guess you would, mm-hmm. uh, and write for a print publication when... Um, uh, Dave was able to introduce me over there and, uh, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, my photos sucked and, um, I I had the writing down. Okay. But my photos were atrocious and Rob Manning helped me out with that. So I owe those guys both, but, but you're right. It it is an interesting point. There's kind of an old guard division or mentality with the uh, print publications um, because you will run into them when you go to some of these events that folks put on. And um, the, the YouTubers or, or, or uh, digital folks are, are sometimes disdained a little bit by, by the guys that have been around doing it for a long time. But Dave was never one. <laughs> no, he was he never was that always- guy. He was never that guy. He's yeah. one of those uh, awesome people in the gun world, man, that I really appreciate when I first started doing this. I'll, I'll share a picture with you guys. I mean, this is not, this is not good. Yes. You don't really get to see him. <laughs> but that's if you could tell that's him right there yeah <laughs> that's yeah, him right there sure. and also i could tell you one thing man this is one of those i don't know genetics or whatever this is a dude that can eat all the snacks that he wants <laughs> and stay skinny i i hate it right i right. don't know how it's possible 
Right. Uh, I'll gain a few pounds just looking at a cupcake and he'll yeah. polish off a whole box and he's yeah, good to know. go. I don't know how he does that, man. Like what kind of, you know, you have that metabolism when you're a kid, but seriously, he still has it. Right. So yeah, good uh, his, his brain is operating on a higher level, my friend. Uh, yeah. We need to constantly see. generating mm -hmm. edits and processing photos. And yeah. so it, it, he just burns more calories yeah. than we do. You know what? We need to get him on this show, man. I don't think we've um, never, I don't know, I don't think we've had David Fortier on the show, and we need to do something about that. We need to see if he's capable of using the internet. <laughs> yeah. I need to drop him an email. <laughs> so, I mean, good dude, right? And he, yeah. <laughs> he has bridged the gap. He's not just print. He He's done stuff for Guns and Ammo TV. Uh, so he's out there in that digital space and it's mm -hmm. uh, still doing good stuff. Um, and, and he's been, you know, he's forgotten more stuff about guns than I'll probably ever know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll work on that. By the way, Cruz, shout out to everyone who's out there. I see Vanessa Kitty, uh, DCG 44s, 42 Chilled, everyone, Appalachian Gunrunner. Anyone who wants a shout out or has questions or things they want us to talk about, we'll definitely get into it. We do have a very cool announcement that Sean's going to do um, at some point here about Pew Pew Tactical for you guys. But Cruz Man said uh he said sean grew a beard there you go lola had the same conversation with sean before we started and we started a little early here um yeah what's up because <laughs> you're like oh i've been had a beard <laughs> <laughs> no i've had a beard for uh several years now um mm -hmm. when i was working at the da's office uh i started growing a beard because i wasn't in uniform anymore so i didn't have that requirement um it got a little long and so they changed their policy and <laughs> you know there's always people at, at law enforcement agencies that create policies and it's usually a bad thing this one wasn't so bad, but um, they made it one inch. You had to have a, a beard under one inch, neat and groomed. Um, so it, granted, it probably, it, it has been several years I've had a beard, but um, it's gotten longer now and there's nothing stopping me. My wife calls it the freedom beard because I'm mm. not precluded from by policy or, or even sound reasoning. Uh, from continuing to grow my facial hair, <laughs> but it is a commitment. So the freedom beard is is somewhat of a misnomer, yeah. my friend. I'm laughing for two reasons. One of them, I don't know if I could tell you. Um, first of all, how's your wife? Does she does she like the beard? Uh, brother, wife she loves awesome. the beard. Yeah, yeah, she loves the beard, and so does uh -huh. my daughter. Um, uh -huh. If I were to even suggest. Mm -hmm. uh, something different, there would probably be a bit of a rebellion here in the mm -hmm. household. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, a lot of dudes I talk to, the wives like the beard even more than the dudes, and the dudes are then therefore not allowed to get rid of the beard. Or they look weird to, you know, to the, to the wives. Yeah. Now, I look about 40 years younger, I can tell you that much for sure. Um, but the, the funny thing about wives is they don't have to take care of it, right? They don't have to wash it. They don't have to groom it. They don't have to use the uh, hot brush to straighten it out. Okay. Or, the oil, <laughs> or the wax or any of that stuff. Now, there's oh, some boy. other fun realities too. Um, uh -huh. 
I haven't had any issues where, because people will be like, oh, you got a tactical beard. I'm sure it gets caught in your receiver. No, I, I haven't run into that. I'm hoping that I don't grow one so long that that's an issue. Yeah. But um, occasionally, occasionally you will run into problems where uh, people don't always, aren't always aware, you know, like, you remember bedhead, right? You go to bed, you wake mm -hmm. up, your yeah. hair might be a mess. You have to mm -hmm. take care of it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, bed beard is... There's uh, several totally different weird. versions of bedhead, but yes, that's one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bed, bedhead, uh, bed beard is this too. Like you'll wake up in the morning and something horrible has happened under your chin and you've got to take care of it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, ham Radio, ham radio 2.0 is out there. Shout out to Ham Radio 2.0. Um, I think I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Are you into ham radio at all? No. Um, okay. I had friends when we were in search and rescue who were mm -hmm. ham operators and mm -hmm. um, great community out there. Love love those guys, but uh, I haven't gotten into it myself. You got, you're got old retired, dude. You got to get into that now. Lola and I have our ham operator's license. Yeah, you all about that van life too. Yeah. What uh, what yeah. does Lola have to say about living in a van down by the river? Oh, she, you know, she could do it for a certain amount of time. I could do it for a lot longer <laughs> time. Okay, but we you know we're not permanently we're not permanently uh, living in the van. It's usually temporary. We spent the weekend in it. Here, I'm gonna actually cut to my phone. So check it out. I'm in the van right now. See, there's the front. Right nice. there. There's the front. They're driving okay. up front there. You guys can see. Um, Got your 3D printer up there. And you're, uh, okay. No, there's a, oh, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of, this is all the equipment I use to do the show. Oh, see, lights, man, lights, camera, all kinds we're of. We're getting some air behind the scene footage yeah, here today. There you go. Right next to me here, that's the bat. This is actually the bathroom. Of my, okay. of my, uh, of my van. Yeah. <laughs> the throne, the porcelain, the porcelain throat is in there. See it peeking out? That's all you guys get to see. Just the legs. Just the legs. Very nice. So yeah, Very this nice. is, this is what I'm actually in. This is how I'm doing the show here. So, uh, I'm in the van, but in, and that is one of the reasons we have the ham radio, but we have it for lots of other reasons. And ham radio 2.0 is the dude who got me into it the ham radio community is actually uh they're pretty cool man really nice guys yeah. you know yeah in, for sure. in lots of ways now people can get mad about this if you want to the gun community has been very welcoming to me the ham radio guys are even friendlier than the gun guys believe it or not yeah yeah i, I don't doubt that for a second i mean like yeah. i said i work with them uh extensively on search and rescue so mm -hmm. they were always out there already willing to commit their time and their resources to help people that they didn't even know so yeah uh yeah absolutely that that's yeah. been my finding yeah They're good folks uh ham radio 2.0 2.0 says y'all come into huntsville yes we should be in huntsville so we'll be out there and you'll see us out there and and one of the things too that's one of the places where the streams cross a lot of ham radio guys are gun guys and a lot of gun guys are ham radio guys. So yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense, right? It, it's about um, being able to communicate and um, express those freedoms. Uh, First and Second Amendment are wrapped up in those two things together perfectly. Absolutely, and uh, being prepared and uh, be you know being a survivalist, 
etc 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 um night train says beards are too much trouble to maintain plus it makes me look like an old hobo from night train so this is the thing i was gonna say before man um lola this is why i was laughing lola just found out what mustache rides are she didn't she she know about that you know lola is like was not born here and this certain cultural things that have not like seeped into the old cranium and uh somewhere we went to and the guy had a t-shirt on there you know that said like free mustache rides and no <laughs> and no she was like trying to figure out, i was like are you trying to tell me you don't know what that is she's like no hmm. I, don't, I don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> so that became a situation i had to tell her to google and she was like how do you guys sit down and just make up all this crap <laughs> and then turn around and make a t-shirt out of it yeah. and wear that and it's like I'm, i was trying to give her hints i was like listen you don't know what mustache rides are but you've been on them before <laughs> 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 oh man so anyway i know i know right now she's mad she's somewhere uh looking at this fuming or whatever uh that i'm putting i'm putting her business out in the world you know but. what um you cannot blame lola for her innocence and nor should we chastise her more power mm. to you lady thank you very much yeah absolutely listen um so when we travel you guys have buckies in in Texas, obviously, that's where it comes from. Have you discovered yes. Bucky's? <laughs> oh man! So that's a rite of passage, right? You come to Buc you come to Texas. That, that that's just one of the things that you learn about. Mm -hmm. And um, Bucky's is amazing, and it started here in Texas. So, uh, but and it's slowly spreading to uh, the other states. Uh, kind of a funny note here, but the other day. Uh, the editor-in-chief of PP Tactical is Jackie Billings. I think you probably know her. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds familiar. He got on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, we got on a call, and mm -hmm. uh, she and I both had a Bucky's t-shirt on. Now, she's in Tennessee, but Bucky's has spread out there, too. And yeah. uh, we both had our Bucky's t-shirts on. No coordination on that whatsoever. Uh, yeah. it's just, it's a thing, man. It, it's, Bucky's is in, Bucky's is in Florida too. There's a Bucky's, yeah. there's a Bucky's in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, and I think there's going to be another one somewhere, but I don't think it's open yet, but I'm a big fan oh, of Bucky's. Look, look at that. Look, check Where that is out. It at in, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. St. Yeah. Augustine. So Boom. There's my Bucky's. The, the mm -hmm. cleanest gas station around where the bathrooms, right? Uh, mm -hmm. you, you want to get some food. Um, and you want that experience, right? Like you have, you know, you have to stop at a gas station, so it might as well be a Bucky's, right? Bucky, yeah. I am a believer in Bucky's. Okay, um, clean, clean bathrooms, good food in there, uh, tons of 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 pumps for you to get your gas. The gas is typically at a good price in there. They pay their employees very well, so the employees. I mean, I, the last time I was in there, I need to find out my... The last time I was in there, I was looking at what they paid. I t think I took a picture. And I was like, man, these guys don't mess around. It's better money than what you get on the YouTubes. Yeah. You know, you're better right. off working at... Oh, here we go. Um, Let me see. Where is that? Uh, oh, here it goes. Yeah, right here. I'm going to throw this up on the screen. Look at that. 
that's so I spent a lot of money there for like 19 and a half gallons I spent 77 bucks but look at what like when you start at Bucky's you make $17 an hour there you go you know and the department leads are like 24 to $34 an hour so I mean I know there's people who make a lot more money than that but damn that's pretty good I mean it's a gas station right yeah it is but it isn't right yeah. you walk into that place and um it, it's it's like a whole experience you know yeah. um you walk in and besides the fact that it's well lit and there's ample parking everywhere mm-hmm. you're getting a walmart inside of your your gas station oh yeah and, better than a walmart it's been, it's, right? it's it's better than a sam's club uh, it's something like a yeah. costco to be honest with you yeah. If anyone's familiar yeah, I mean, with Costco uh, experience, you can buy clothing. You can pick up flatware if yeah. you want some. You can get um, food. You can get good brisket. Uh, some mud flaps <laughs> or some or some barbecue. Yeah, Man, you yeah. go to Bucky. Bucky's is awesome, man. Bucky's is awesome. I am yeah. a massive fan of uh, of Bucky's. If they did a franchise, I would quit YouTube and just put all my money into a franchise of a Bucky somewhere and just run that. Hank, you just put that out into the universe, man. Uh, (laughs) No, they don't. It's family owned. (laughs) Nobody, there's no franchising. (laughs) I already looked into it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I already did the research on that one. The answer is no. The answer is no. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Cruise man says, hashtag keep Lola innocent. And Jay grew agrees with that. Lola did not know what a beaver was so we were on the highway and bucky's has all these beaver double entendres she had no idea what the double entendre for beaver was just like the mustache rides i had to make her google it so and she was once again mad at me <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take a break we're gonna be right back here <laughs> Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over 90 years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old US of A and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Walther Arms. I think we're both fans. Love Walther. Yes, obviously now <laughs> your dog loves Walther also. <laughs> now obviously the pod- yeah the podcast is sponsored by Walther Arms, but I love their stuff, man. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I got my uh, PPQ twenty two tactical right here, as you can see from the magazine. So what is you were telling me about this? What what is it you got right here? <laughs> Okay, so um, I just showed you the PDP Compact from Walther, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. the new, new hotness is the PDP-F. And this thing is so cool for so many different reasons. Looks good. But one of the biggest ones is um, it, there's a lot of marketing toward women for this pistol because they significantly reduced the grip circumference and they also reduced the length of pull right on a shotgun we all know what length of pull is it's from the shoulder out to the grip but uh in the length of pull in a pistol you're talking about the back strap to the trigger and in this case they reduce the pull 
Walther takes feedback from people who are involved in the industry, right? And, and they have folks in the Walther Defense Division who were instrumental in implementing certain features in the PDP during its development. And, mm -hmm. and that is so cool because there are some gum companies out there that, you know, their engineers are the ones who come up with the design and uh, they're not listening to a lot of feedback. Right. And then, and, uh, and a lot of those engineers are not necessarily the ladies. So statistically engineers right. are usually dudes, but Walther has a lot of awesome, amazing shooters um, on oh, their yeah. teams, etc., that are women. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I mean, besides their pro team, right, they've got a, a professional um, uh, competition, shooting competition team mm -hmm. uh, that has women on it. And then uh, Tatiana Whitlock is mm -hmm. a member of the Walther Defense Division. And their feedback was used to say, hey, we love the PDP, but the grip is a little bit thick. How could we possibly uh, do something a little yeah. better? Right. And, and they also have a lot of little hand dudes over there, too. I mean, let's be honest. Sure. Yeah. I mean, little hand dudes are everywhere, right? I mean, they're all over the place. If so, when someone from Walther sees that, they're going to be. The, other, the, la the last time we were talking about this PDPF, we looked at the video that they put out to promote it here. And we were, you know, we were kind of doing a mystery science. Uh, you know, you ever saw mystery science when they look at movies? We were making fun of the of that video. Yeah. So now they're gonna yeah. be like, oh, and Hank Strange said they're gonna make notes, and he said we have little hands. So there you go. I'm sorry, no, I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good, man. I, I think the um, the marketing is leaning heavily toward ladies, um, but. Walter went in, man. They took their team and they went out and measured thousands of hands. I was talking to Jens at NRAM this year, and he said that the team measured thousands of people's hands so they could figure out the generalization of the dimensional differences between women and men's hands. Uh, like I said, generalizing, right? We, we can't be very specific, but on a rule, they were able to determine that hand sizes were different in different areas, like the distance between the knuckles versus uh, the distance of the heel. And um, they mm -hmm. figured out that an appropriate grip for the PDPF would be what it was. It was overall reduced circumference, but also uh, a reduced length of pull from the back strap to the actual trigger pull. And as a result, the PDPF was born. Mm -hmm. Now it still uses um, the PDP compact, you know, like a 15 round magazine, the PDP standard, the 18 round magazine will still fit in that grip, but mm -hmm. the external uh, surfaces are, are, are different. And, and that's where you get the big benefit of um, having that reduced circumference made real. Yeah, and I heard a lot of guys like this. I have not had uh, an opportunity to get my hands on it. So it's not just the women that like it. There are dudes, men who have smaller hands or just that fit. It looks, uh, you know what? When I look at it, it looks a lot like a 1911 kind of grip. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, and, and you, were showing, you were showing that versus the PDP. There's less of a hump, which I kind of like that. Um, I kind of, well, yeah, this it's it's in this one, but I kind of like this here just for ergonomics. It kind of goes into right. my hand, but there are people yep. who don't like that and like that kind of sh like straight up and down. If you could just show 
show everyone out there the comparison of the two. So here's the F. And let's see if I can get this one up next to it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So you can see that hump on the back there. The F looks a like it's a little bit a touch longer. Right. Um, now, it does come with the adjustable back straps. Even the F does. So you still okay. have that option. Um, but he here's the science behind it, right? Um, I was a uh, post-certified uh, firearms instructor for my agency before I left, before I retired. So I have some facility with training folks on firearms, even women, uh, who you know may have anywhere from none to some experience with firearms. And when I put this gun in my wife's hands, she was just blown away. She, she was impressed with the ability to get a more complete grip. And when we've looked at that in comparison with other guns that we've put in her hands, regardless, um, if you use the best techniques to try to get the most complete grip, there would still be gaps, right? Where mm -hmm. you could see parts of the grip, mm -hmm. uh, where you could see parts uh, of, of the gun that weren't being covered by flesh. Mm -hmm. And that creates a situation where you don't have positive contact with the firearm. And uh, we know that recoil is going to be, uh, it's undeniable, right? You've got a, a full-size pistol. Even if it's a nine millimeter, it's still going to have some recoil. There's going to be some muzzle flip. But the more contact that you have between the gun and your hand, uh, hands, the better off you're going to be with uh, mitigating that recoil. And we tested it out, and, and it was significantly improved. Yeah, can I trouble you to to show us your grip on there? Because it looks like you've got longer fingers. Probably like your hands look somewhat like mine. I'm just sure. Curious. So I've yeah. got a. I wear a two X glove. I have a big hand. Oh, yours are uh, okay. This, mm -hmm. this is the kind of strange thing about the PDP. Not only does it work with uh, smaller hands, it still works with uh, big hands. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to get, you know, I have more overlap, like up front, especially mm -hmm. I'm able to get really good grip here and there's practically no gap whatsoever mm -hmm. uh, along the back strap or on the side of the grip. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Your hands, are, I'm, I'm like, uh, I think I am, you're two extra large on the gloves. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a one X. So there you go. Uh, yeah, you got bigger hands, man. Uh, I, I concede to you, sir, <laughs> on the hand side. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we won't ask Lola what she thinks about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah who knows? Uh, Maintain the innocence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, so that's cool. Um, and you've how many rounds have you gotten through that so far? I mean, how is it? About five hundred. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, mm -hmm. we went out and did just kind of a shakedown, but you know, I've got over five thousand rounds through my PDP. Um, I've been mm -hmm. reviewing it since uh, twenty twenty when I got that mm -hmm. early preview, and uh, Walter sent us out to Illinois. Um, I love the gun. It, it's phenomenal. And the PDPF is just a, a better version from the sense that it's going to be more easily controlled by a wider group of people. 
and and we need that, man. We need that uh, from from the standpoint of being more inclusive mm-hmm. as a community, right? Mm-hmm. Like I love to draw that parallel that you just talked about with the ham uh, radio operators. We need all the folks we can. You know, uh-huh. we've got an assault weapons ban coming. Uh-huh. Uh, Hopefully that, not. Hopefully not. But yes, it's always sure. it's always looming out hope. in the distance. You know, hope is not a method for success, my friend. <laughs> no, no, you know that. <laughs> but uh, if we can put some PDPFs in mm. some ladies' hands, if we can put some PDPFs in some smaller-handed folks who have struggled with recoil in the past, yeah, man. Uh, well, you know what what's a better funny? world we would yeah, live in. Absolutely. You know what's funny? I think I saw something on that today. Let me see if I could pull it up. Um, yeah, here it goes. In terms of in terms, you know, we're talking about this looming assault weapons ban out there that went through um, the the House, went through Congress, but not the Senate. And uh, here's one. Here's one of the articles. There's several articles like this, though. And this, the headline on this one is Gun Buyers Defy Pelosi and Democrats Sales Top 1 Million a Month for Three Straight Years. So gun sales hit a new record in July, the 36th straight month of firearms purchases over a million. In breaking the record, people delivered a strong message to liberal Democrats who last week passed a ban on buying the nation's most popular firearm, the modern sporting rifle, and other semi-automatic weapons and parts. According to industry experts, sales in July topped 1.2 million. That means sales have hit 1 million or more each month for three consecutive years. That's a tremendous milestone, especially taken in light of actions of the Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives last week, said Mark Oliver, spokesman for the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the industry trade group, and that's from Restoring America, uh, Washington Examiner presents Restoring America. So, I mean, you know, dude, three years, (laughs) a million guns. Yeah, it's not a surprise. And the the funny thing is, and as much as we like to polarize this issue, Mm -hmm. um, if it weren't for liberal support of firearms, even if it's not tacit, right, even Mm -hmm. if it's not overt, uh, there would be more firearm legislation currently. But Mm -hmm. the reality is, um, even though the Republicans are typically uh, traditionally the ones who are more resistant to um, institution of more firearm legislation, um, there would be more accomplished. There would be more of that implemented if the Democrats didn't support it. Like, mm-hmm. but they do. They they um, they love their firearms too. Mm-hmm. They're just less vocal about it. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes down to, especially, you know, the trends that we've seen over the last couple of years, where folks have been. Uh, living in larger communities that uh, have been destabilized uh, by the pandemic, by uh, stuff involving the police. Mm-hmm. And you've got a scenario where um, lawlessness is kind of on the rise uh, and the pandemic has created uh, supply chain issues. People are, are about protecting themselves, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter um, what side of the spectrum you're on. That's a yeah. universal need, right? To, what? To it, yeah. What in the world has happened to make normal 
thinking human beings go, yeah, I don't want to defend myself. I don't need to do that. I'll abdicate that. Nothing in the world has happened. Nancy Pelosi decides she wants to go to Taiwan. China says, yeah, we'll shoot you down. There's nothing, you know, uh, uh, Ukraine versus Russia. What's happening right here in America to people, the things happening in cities all over America, the lawlessness, what yeah. in the last three years has happened to make Americans go, yeah, we don't need that Second Amendment thing. We don't need to defend ourselves there. I think they're yeah. recruiting people to our side while they're living in some kind of wild fantasy world. Right. It, and the funny thing is, we can say that all day long, but the gun sales don't reflect that sentiment, right? Like, yeah. Nobody is necessarily willing to um, give up their, their no, rights. No, they're getting more. A million a month in America. Right. 36, 36 could, million guns added. You could argue that it's a, a small minority of um, right-leaning folks who are going out there and saying, oh, my gosh, let me get all the guns, right? But I think that's not wholly yeah. accurate. I imagine yeah. there are some – Middle-minded uh, to liberal folks who are just as interested in protecting their families, protecting their investments, um, and having the right under the Second Amendment to do so is a, a wonderful thing. Yes, everyone everyone wants to protect themselves. Everyone needs their claws and their fangs. Okay, it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, what you believe in politically, uh, when it comes to religion. When it comes to sexuality or anything else, you everyone wants to defend themselves. No one wants someone kicking their door down, robbing them in the streets, uh, trying to kidnap their children. No one wants that. We all, want, regardless of our walks of life, we all want to defend ourselves. And I think that the politicians out there um, that are just blatantly going after the Second Amendment and uh, just and ripping apart the Constitution for that matter, they need to think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and hopefully they have a day of reckoning coming to them. Um, I do want to share this really quick here. Armament and Axes gave us five bucks. Thanks a lot, Armament and Axes. I appreciate it. All right. He says, hey, Hank, we finally hit 1K subs. Thanks for the shout outs. It did help. So awesome. Congratulations on that. Good for you guys. Yes. If you guys are watching, you can subscribe to Armament and Axes on YouTube or here on Utreon, and he's got some good stuff. He's a gun guy, and the Axes is a guitarist. He's a musician. Plays okay. guitar. Yeah. Outstanding. So, yeah. Do you play any musical instruments, man? I've been known to play the harmonica on occasion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> is that code? Is that code for something? <laughs> no, it's not. Don't look, Lola. <laughs> yeah, Lola's, so, um, Lola's googling. Play the harmonica. I was, I was always, uh, I was the singer in um, in high school. I was in uh, madrigals. I was in choir. Um, did some acapella stuff, and I was even in a metal band in high school. Um, back when I had hair on top of my head and uh, couldn't grow much underneath. So um, kind of a funny transition there. But yeah, uh, I have played the harmonica and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh-huh. So you say. So say you. <laughs> <laughs> so say you right now. Uh, I'm looking yeah. at that T-shirt. We need to find in the next segment, we're going to get into your news about Pew Pew Tactical. But where is that? Is that T-shirt on uh, Pew Pew Tactical? I need no, to it's on TriStar Trading. TriStar Trading? Okay, TriStar Tri Trading. 
Okay, I gotta spell it right first. Yeah. We have a whole suite of uh, t-shirts and caps. Uh, there's even some uh, rifle slings that we have. Uh, just a number of personalized products. Oh, so you go here and you do you search Pew Pew Tactical, maybe? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's sections, man. Look at that. There's patches. Oh, oh, there you go. Oh, there it goes. There's the shirt. Good yeah yeah let's get that loaded here and then i'll show it off to the people is that there we go that's the one man that's yeah that's cool oh there you go and of course that's the logo the uh laser blaster right right yeah very nice yeah and it all kind of fits with a, a fun theme you know uh pew pew is not a source of information for the snake eaters of the world mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. we're not um, the Navy SEALs and uh, DevGrew and uh, Force Recon and, and no, no, they're not coming to us to look for answers. But what we are is a, a resource for people uh, who don't necessarily know that much about firearms. And uh, we like to provide that information in a fashion that is not condescending. I think several of us uh, in our industry is guilty of this. Um, have been through an experience where you go into a gun store maybe you don't know absolutely everything you're supposed to know and for whatever reason uh you're talked down to because of it uh it, it certainly happens to ladies but it also happens to the men if they oh, yeah. uh, don't know everything they're supposed to know and, and pew pew is antithetical to that we we don't like that approach uh we realize that everybody is on their gun journey and, it, and they start off in a different place. And we want to help foster that, bring folks in and present them with good information that's fun and lighthearted and not necessarily so uh, tactical. So we say pew pew tactical. Yeah, no <laughs> super tactical ninjas, although there are there are those dudes out there, man. Respect. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and thank goodness. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for everyone else who wants to learn about firearms. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of the folks that uh, work at PewPew, uh, they don't come from that military or law enforcement background and they uh, they just have good hearts and they wanna provide the information and uh, get it out there folks in a, in a palatable uh, format. Absolutely. All right, so cool. We're about to go into another break here. So right after that, we're going to talk about more people. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like High Point Firearms and Full Forge Gear. Bags and gear for everyday life. Did you know High Point is an American family-owned and operated company located in Ohio with over 30 years of manufacturing experience? High Point is proud to be the home of the working man's gun and your source for affordable handguns and carbines with a lifetime warranty. So when you're in the market, please consider High Point. All right, we are back. We're back here. So we've been teasing it. You've got new stuff going on at Pew Pew Tactical. Let me see here. I need to pull up the page because I know you sent me. Actually, let me Let's do that. Let me go to that email that you sent. And I'll pull it up here. So this is not out yet. This is not a feature of PPU Tactical yet, right? Right. We're getting a preview tonight of something that we call the PewPew Pew Meter. And 
if you want uh, a quick comparison, like what, what are we talking about here? Uh, think about Rotten Tomatoes and the Tamama meter, right? Like, uh, or however you pronounce that, the Tamama meter. Tomato uh, meter? <laughs> Why does that yeah. one get you? That one gets you. <laughs> tomato. Just say tomato meter. Tomato. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Potato, um, potato. <laughs> regardless, it is a um, feature that we're adding to the website, and we're happy to bring this out. Uh, oh, cool. We bring folks in. And we rate guns. Now, granted, we already rate guns, right? Like okay. all of our reviews, we um, assign out to folks in-house or we have uh, a cadre of freelance folks that review guns. But this is more crowdsourcing where we want to go out and get people who have their own experiences and bring them in, have them look at the guns and rate those guns. You know, go in, you can click through, you'll be able to... Um, assign different categories and rate these guns. So I can, can, can I search the PDP in there? Can I search like uh, Walther PDP or I know this is not fully running yet. Yeah. I don't know if it's up yet, but let's, yeah. let's take a look and see. Uh, but you'll be able to go in and even enter text and, you know, talk about what your experience has been. Um, and our hope is that we create a kind of community here, but also a database of reference. You'll be able to go in and check out all of the material that we have. So if we have a gun on there that we've reviewed extensively, you'll be able to click into the article and go read that review. You'll be able to go oh, to okay. the video and check out that review. Um, and then you'll be able to see the experience of all the other people. Oh, and, um, I like this show. So it's also going to show you here. Let me just go to it. And PDP is not there yet because this is obviously like uh, you guys are still building it yeah. and setting yeah. it up. So you can also see the prices. So, for example, we're right. looking at this Springfield Armory 1911 and it shows you what the price is at Brownells. Or if you mm -hmm. go back here and let's see, we'll go look at the Ruger Wrangler 22 and it'll give you the, the different reviews and then price at Brownells. So you're going to have other places as well where you can see the price of it, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and that's uh, a further resource, right? Like if you're mm -hmm. getting to the point where you're ready to make a purchase decision on a firearm, mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't it be great to be able to compare prices and have that all at, at one location? Mm -hmm. In addition to not only the reviews of the people who work at PP, but uh, all the other folks who so everyone gets to chime in on that. Mm -hmm. do, so mm -hmm. people obviously they have to sign up and get an account in order to do that, but everyone can sign in and then put their own little review in there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, everyone mm -hmm. will be able to go in and do that. And you know what we hope to achieve there is more of a collective um, truth, if you will. Uh, not everyone is going to have a perfect experience with every gun. There are going to be exceptions. There are going to be people who, you know, this one was a bad trigger, but maybe, maybe we'll find out that this company's customer service was outstanding and took care of them as a result. Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes we'll find out Ooh, <laughs> our service was not that good. And you might want to be careful when you make that perfect decision, right? So, right. That's a good uh, thing. In so many ways, right, we have to be uh, 
careful about our feedback. When we present reviews, we provide truthful information in our experience, but we also have to remember that because we are professional reviewers, that our experiences sometimes might be skewed, right? Mm -hmm. If if a company knows that you have really big reach and they want to make sure everything goes well for exceedingly well for you, um, that could potentially change things a little bit. Yeah. Companies might be careful what they send out to you. They might test something more when they send it to you than when they send it to the regular folks out there. There's all kinds of things happen. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as long as people are disclosing, you know, all those different things. But it's, I think it's a great resource to hear what the people think about things. And I even think for folks out there reviewing things, this could be something they could point to. Just like in the movie world, you're talking about, uh, you know, the tomato meter. Um, Right. People point to that in the, in the movie world, like, Oh, this was the critic scoring. This is what the people said. And I think all of that factors in. Right. And that's so different, right? Because I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone in and looked at a professional critics review and I've just completely disagreed with their take on a movie. Like it was just good, mindless fun to go out and watch that movie. Now, I'm not trying to discredit the reviews that we do, obviously, or the reviews that I do, but um, people have different experiences and there's value in that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, especially in this world lately with social media and everything else involved, we tend to find that echo chamber. But um, if you have more input, you're going to have uh, something that's probably going to mirror your experience or at least give you a wider array of feedback on a particular firearm. Yeah. I don't mind if I don't mind professional reviewers, right? Because let's let's look at it this way. As a, as a regular cons- consumer out there, you're not going to buy a gun necessarily every week, right? Now, a guy right. who's getting all these different guns and has contact with the industry, etc., He's he's seeing more things than you. So there is a benefit to that. I think as long as people are open and honest about these things, there's a benefit for that. Like if I'm interested in guns or cars or anything, I'll look at what the professionals that are out there doing that stuff and then what individuals that buy those uh, those things think as well because it's two completely different data points and they're both valid as long as both of those people <laughs> are being honest. I mean, if you, if you, let's put it this way. If you buy a car, right? You buy a car, you buy this Toyota, you are highly likely to think the Toyota is awesome. You're not going to say, oh, I bought this Toyota as a piece of crap because then it's right. going to negate you. So there's a downside of a person who did it. So, you know, you take all these things, a grain of salt, you weigh it out and you get those data points in your brain. Yeah, I I think, too, there's a general cynicism that has really weighed in. I don't know if it's pervasive enough to be outside of our community, but I certainly see examples of it um, within the gun community where um, if if you like a gun too much, you're called a shill, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no perfect guns. Uh, There are guns that get very close. Uh, for certain shooters, but there's there's no perfect gun, so we always try to provide that that honest level of feedback. And um, if, if you think about it as a business from from that standpoint, it would be sh- a short term gain 
to talk really well about a gun that you didn't necessarily love that much and then a, a long-term loss, right? Because you're going to lose credit. <laughs> you're going to get caught out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're going you're gonna to find that. that Everything that on the internet forward. lives forever. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So, you know, we're, we're putting out milestones out there all the time that are going to be around right. for a long time. Yeah, like that and, Remington, uh, that, uh, what is it? Was it the R52? Remember that? Do you remember that thing? Yeah, I vaguely do. I'm thankful I didn't review that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that, that's the life of it, right? So we're we're mm -hmm. taking that input and we're um, adding, hopefully, a lot of other folks to that. Now this mm -hmm. isn't live, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, our goal currently is to have this up and running in September. Um, you know, our developers are working hard to uh, work out all the bugs and make sure that we've got a system that's going to be durable when we start having people create uh, accounts and putting in their information. And um, we're working out incentives currently, uh, but I'm thinking it's gonna be along the order of uh, random giveaways, right? You create an account, you do X amount of reviews, mm -hmm. uh, we potentially send something out to you. That's still in the works right now. Okay. Uh, but we wanted to get the word out because we're getting pretty close to having this thing up and running. And we'll be sending this out in um, all of our socials, obviously, and in our email blasts and uh, having it up on the web page, too. But we want to outreach and uh, just give folks a heads up that, hey, man, this is going to be a party over at PP Tactical. Come on over and tell me how much you love that Remington 700 or <laughs> tell me how much you hate whatever gun you hate because it's all valid feedback yes absolutely and you know in the interest of full disclosure i believe that we're going to be working with you guys helping you out a little bit on the rollout so obviously absolutely. you know we'll, we'll have you on here um at when that becomes live when did you say we can look for i know it's not like a set in stone date when is the uh, currently looking at september yeah i'm i'm september. tickled okay. because like we scheduled with you a while back Mm -hmm. And uh, we were kind of hoping that, you know, it, it's hard to say when, when things mm -hmm. are going to be absolutely finalized, but we're looking mm -hmm. at September of next month. We're okay, pretty cool. close now, um, but it, it's still, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an undertaking, right? Yeah. Like to go in <laughs> and create. It's cool. Like, it's cool. It's exciting, man. It's to think about it, you know? Yeah. Think about how many guns there are, though. Like A lot. That look at that. Look at HR. Yeah, look at HR eighteen. What is it? Eighteen eighty eight. Did you see how many right. guns they put in that bill? Yeah, it's mind blowing, right? I mean, to be able to come up with a comprehensive list, and then there's going to be somebody out there going, "Oh, well, they didn't mention this one, right?" Lord, <laughs> they yeah. didn't mention the F one carbine, so oh, we're good Lord. there. Yeah. So, um, uh, so are you guys taking input from people? Are you taking ideas? What's the, you know, I know you were just discussing like an incentive. Um, I think it would be cool if there was some kind of points that people could get or some way that they could build up points or something that maybe they got, uh, some money off or different things like that. I think that would be an exciting aspect of doing in, in exchange, obviously for those people giving you their information. And then I'm sure someone's going to ask about, you know, how is that information going to be disseminated out there, etc. 
Sure. Yeah, no, those are all valid points. And uh, like I said, since we're getting close to the final product going live, absolutely we're taking feedback. I think that's uh, a valid part of being a representative of this community, right? We want to be inclusive. We want to invite folks in and provide them with good information in a palatable format. So uh, having that feedback is very important to us and we want to make sure that uh, we hear our community as well as serve our community. I think with uh, being respectful of people's information while incentivizing them to come in and say, hey, like we're, we're building something, a, potentially a library that mm -hmm. could be uh, valid for anyone wanting to mm -hmm. do research, wanting to compare prices of guns, wanting to compare features of guns. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it could be really cool. Yeah, it could be an industry standard, you know, if, if it's done right, um, which, right. you know, uh, all this stuff is evolving and, um, you know, it's just one of these things, right, that I think that we need and, and I see how it's used in in other things like I look at um you know I'm into movies I don't go to movie theaters anymore but I, I look at movie reviews and just like we're talking about sometimes I wonder like what's the motivation behind someone you know giving a movie review versus right. how do folks feel when they actually get into the movie theater and see that movie so I and and yeah. that's where the tomato meter I think comes in it makes a big difference because you see those two side-by-side -side scores of what's going on there. So I think it has incredible potential, you know, um, and I'm very excited to see how it develops. You know, in my brain, I'm thinking, you know, it'd be cool. Like, I, you just is it just going to be like a blurb that people could write in there? Or are you guys considering maybe at some point even attaching videos to that like you might see on Amazon? Yeah, I don't think anything is necessarily off the table just yet. Uh, we're, we're basically keeping all of our options open. We know that we have the framework, right? We're able to present to you today and to your audience to say, look, uh, this is the general idea of what we have. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about, um, let's say, the Ruger Vaquero, like you saw on your um, phone earlier. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about here's the review that Sean wrote a couple of years ago. Here's mm -hmm. a video that we did on this gun. Mm -hmm. um, now here is, uh, or here are several different reviewers that have come in, you know, uh, the, mm -hmm. the lay people, so to speak, the uh, shooters out there who have their own experiences with their gun. And they're going to come in and they're going to say, Oh, well, the bronze one is great, but the other two aren't that good for whatever reason. The coating wears off or, or the accuracy is not that good or, mm -hmm. man, this is an outstanding value. And they're going to color their own experiences in there. Mm -hmm. And then again, at the bottom, you're going to see the list of uh, different assets that you can look at and then compare prices. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think uh, nothing is off the table and we're hopefully going to uh, – continue to just build on it and see what direction it goes in cool awesome yeah you might even be able to develop that into like a its own separate app or something hey man uh you know if if we're looking at it like based on the model that we've already explained it, it could be applicable to a number of different areas right yeah absolutely <laughs> the sky's the limit <laughs> there if anyone has any questions about that or wants to know more about that uh let us know right now this will be a good time we'll 
We'll get into it. We'll answer those questions for you. As I said, I will be helping uh, Sean and Pew Pew Tactical roll that out to, to folks. I'm sure once you launch, you're going to be doing a bunch of different things on different platforms to get the word out, right? Yeah, there will be quite a bit of outreach, uh, just trying to alert the entire gun community that we've got this thing going on and we'd love to have some help. And, and again, you know, we don't expect people to come in and do it for free. Uh, we're hoping to have it. Here's the wonderful thing about it. Um, we get access to a lot of different products, to guns, to accessories, um, and we, we have a cache of uh, several things that we could put up on the list and potentially send out. Um, I don't want to obligate us there because I don't know exactly how far the bosses want to go with um, what we're going to do. But I know that it's going to be good incentives uh, to yeah. get folks in, create that account. And then go in and uh, plug in your feedback, you know, uh, yeah. help build this library that we're trying to create. Yeah, I was wondering if it's going to be just new guns or some old school stuff that maybe is not even out there anymore that people. I suspect that we'll start with newer stuff, right? Stuff that's um, available and then we'll kind of take it from there. You've got to think about it from the standpoint of mm -hmm. selling guns and if um, we're able to link up to like guns.com that has mm -hmm. a pretty considerable used inventory, then I think there's definitely room to move into that area to talk about older guns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that's very cool. If, if anyone has questions, let us know throughout the show. We'll all, I'll bring them up here. Um, I see Armin and Axis says, uh, Daniel Defense overpriced, in my honest opinion, but I'm a builder, so dot, 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 dot. I don't know if you've got sure. any opinion on that. Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, I love Daniel Defense. I think their rifles are outstanding, uh, and and I believe that we've already got something in the pew pew meter that refers to them as having a premium price. Right? <laughs> Is that the code words? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I think about paying a premium. But that's mm -hmm. not really a code. That 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 that's pretty. Yeah. You're going right, to pay for right. that experience. So. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of one of those scenarios where yeah, you're, is you're Daniel Defense right? Yeah, is Daniel Defense even? They're not the most expensive ARs though. There's uh, there's more expensive, a like basic. You know, not I don't want to say basic ARs because I think some of these companies you are paying for the materials or design yeah, and different things like that. But Daniel, Def yeah. so Daniel Defense is definitely like the upper part of the middle. I would say, my opinion, upper part of the middle. Right. But there's way over that in the AR market in, in terms of prices. Yeah, I mean, um, you've got more artisanal companies out there, mm -hmm. like uh, maybe Noveski would be another name. Right. Um, mm -hmm. F1 is out there. Mm -hmm. uh, F1 absolutely uh, makes some pretty high-end products, but they also have um, lower-tiered, more affordable, like mm -hmm. uh, a, a $1,000 rifle. People might yeah. be surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, Hodge Defense is one that I hear about, made right here in Texas. Um, yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to take this over into the next segment because I see this is going to be juicy.
With Arms List, you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms classified. Now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall. For only $6.99 a month for personal use or $30 a month for business vendors. So when you're in the market, please consider Arms List. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Arms List. So all of a sudden we got everyone excited here on this subject. I think it's a good subject. Uh, let me see. Let me get some comments in, and then I'll let you get back. Uh, Night Train says Noveski. Um, oh, why did this? Why did my AC come on right now? It's hot out, baby. It's hot out. Yeah. Let me. T- it'll come off here in a second. Yeah. Uh, Night Train says Noveski. Cruise Man says if you're buying off the shelf, BCM has some good value. And oh, yeah. uh, Night Train says nothing wrong with FN or Colt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, for years the law enforcement market uh, would only buy Colt. That that was like that that was the only direction uh, that that they would go in. And I always thought that was kind of silly. Uh, there are several other products out there that are equally as reliable, if not better. Um, FN is another good one. Um, the funny thing about this is everyone's list is going to be a little bit different, right? And and that's something that I think we're we're trying to call, we're trying to implement into the pew pew meter. Uh, we've all got our different experiences. We've all got our um, different lists, and um, there's some there's some good rifles out there, man. That we yeah. have never been in a better place than right now to enjoy this flooded market of AR-15, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is the beautiful thing. There's, like, wherever you want to go. Armin and Axe's uh, follow-up comment from him, he says, the 300 Blackout I built costs about 650 to build, but if I bought uh, bought it off the shelf, it would probably have been double that. Uh, and that's true. That's true. I mean, that's an sure. option. That's a viable option. Sure. Build it yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's entry, there's company, excuse me, there's companies that have entry-level stuff, very affordable, uh, PSA is one of those, but then PSA also goes up, you know, um, you know, they, they've got some higher-end things, I think, um, and now you're seeing, even Daniel Defense, I remember years ago talking to Daniel Defense and asking them, you know, how come you don't sell, like, a stripped-down version of your gun without all the expense, and they're like, ah, oh, no, then it wouldn't be Daniel Defense, but uh, I notice we're seeing some of that out there now so everyone's kind of got different price points for wherever you want to be right yeah yeah it, like i said with f on um they are traditionally known for their super lightweight race guns right mm-hmm. um but recently uh i was made aware that they're putting together a project that's going to be a, a more budget minded it's still going to be around a thousand dollars or maybe no i think it'll be higher than that because they're going to package it with uh, an optic and a light and a sling Mm -hmm. so um, you get the case you pull it out and man you're good to go you bolt a few things on and Mm -hmm. you are absolutely ready to run to the races but Mm -hmm. but yeah there's just there's like the it's like the california gold rush right or um went back in the Uh, early days when they were giving land away in the West, man, if you just run out and stake your claim, um, Mm -hmm. you could pick something up really nice for yourself. Yeah. When you talk about that, uh, the gun sales that you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. and and the start of the podcast, that is representative of that market. And so there are so many people who are finding a place 
uh, to create quality products at different price ranges. Uh, some of the bigger companies, like you mentioned, PSA, yeah, they, they can hit a lot of different marks. Uh, Brownouts, who we love and adore, mm-hmm. um, they've got a bunch of different offerings, uh, you know, like the, the BRN180 uh, now chambered in uh, a bunch of different. I didn't even know they had a 76239 uh, yeah. upper that thing then that's that's so cool yeah um so you've got a lot of companies that are diversifying the reach for uh more of that market share right Mm -hmm. like everybody wants to buy something but um if you want to dig in if you want to look at best value uh or if you want to be artisanal and you want to know (laughs) remember double star i think that's a kentucky is it double i think it's double star that's a Kentucky AR maker. They kind of have like a dragon or something like that. Is it? Someone will tell me out there. I think that was my my first AR. I think was from Double Star. Yeah. If, let me see. I have to look it up and see if I'm talking about the right. Because yeah. I'm terrible uh, with this. My stuff. first uh, my first AR was in Olympic Arms, mm. and um, I, I don't have that anymore. But it, it was a decent rifle, and it wasn't uh, overly expensive. Actually, I mean, my first issued AR was uh, an old Colt from the um, Vietnam era, and uh, ooh, that was that was something special. But um, man, you know, so many different options now. It is absolutely amazing uh, the the different options that you have, not only at price point but at features. Uh, you you would think that an AR is an AR, but mm-hmm. It's scandalous to even say that these days because there are so <laughs> many different things yeah. being done, right? Yeah, whatever it is you can afford, you know, whatever um, whatever it is you can get your hands on, you, you get in there, you start entry level, you build your way up. But yeah, I think it was a, uh, uh, yeah, definitely double, uh, double star. I think that was the first AR that I had. Okay. You know, going back All in right. the days. And then you work your, I don't have that either. I wish I did actually. But yeah. I wound up selling that and then getting something else and doing all kinds of different things because right. I had to do that back in the days. So I really feel like I've only ever regretted selling firearms. Um, right. <laughs> there have been several times when, especially as a starving young deputy, mm-hmm. uh, where I traded up, right? Like I, I moved into a better gun by selling the gun that I had at the time. Uh, and that was the only way that I could feasibly afford it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always regretted, um, you know, like uh, it was like a lost lover, Lynn. Uh, yeah. Languished and, and left in, in a time gone by. And I, I sometimes wish that I could go back and make amends to that gun. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's dudes that don't sell anything, man. Oh, and, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. And I, t- I, I, I want to be like that nowadays. I still sell things here and there, but I want to be like that too because, yeah, that nostalgia. And if it's a terrible gun, if it's a terrible gun that no one likes, I definitely don't sell it because then it becomes even more rare and collectible, and I want to brag of the awfulness that I possess to other people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've definitely entered into collector levels there, right? Right, yes. Um, I, I think about that, like over the years, I've had the approach where um, I I would always say that a, a gun had to be functional in order for me to keep it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
my access has increased exponentially, right? Mm -hmm. Since I started writing, but um, I still try to adhere to that, like having that useful function. And, and what the non-gun lovers don't realize is how many different guns there are and for all the different purposes mm -hmm. that they were designed, right? So yeah. it's not difficult for us to say, oh, well, I got to have a shotgun for this. And, and I've got to have this 22 rifle for that. And mm -hmm. this 22 pistol is fun for this. And mm -hmm. then I've got to have this 300 for home defense. So you can easily get in and start categorizing and still have very valid functional uses for all those different firearms. Yes, absolutely. Um, but Hank, I got to disagree, man. I, I don't have a spot in my safe for a, an absolutely crappy gun. Oh, you don't? Okay. <laughs> what's a terrible, what's a terrible gun out there that, you, you know, something you think is a terrible gun, but really cool. I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. I have one, the Zip 22. You know what the Zip 22? I don't have one right here, but uh, you ever heard of the Zip 22? I'm gonna pull that up for you. That's familiar. Uh, the Zip 22 is a bullpup pistol, 22 caliber, and let's see. So right here, here we go. Uf USFA <laughs> Zip 22. That's what it looks like. It's a bullpup. It's a pistol. It's all kinds of stuff. It's 22. Look at what it looks like in the hand, man. Stealth. Oh, you know, word. you could also attach that, I guess, to the bottom of an AR or something. You know, man, that's a lunchbox gun. Yeah, yeah. Terrible gun. Terrible bullpup gun. I actually, uh, I collect bullpups, and I got one because I was working with this gun store, and a guy brought one. He brought one in there, and he was gonna sell it to them. They're like, we don't want that, and I was like, uh, listen, I want that thing. They they knew what it was and they were like yeah we don't that's terrible we don't want it but I right. a long time ago I learned terrible things in any genre always good <laughs> you get the terrible I things yeah. <laughs> so no, I you know I I, I got I it man it. I got it for like almost for nothing pretty much you know as a matter of fact they bought it from the guy and then just gave it to me they didn't even like okay here you go right <laughs> just to right. get rid of him and I love it it was it's awesome it's in my collection. I have a, a kind of mindset and I have to challenge myself on this because um, almost every gun that I get, I try to keep a broad perspective, right? There uh, is a tendency, especially lately, to have a lot of micro compacts. And brother, I'm going to tell you, uh, micro compacts and I don't always get along. It, it's tough for me <laughs> to, to get okay. good grip on those guns and um mm -hmm. they're great to conceal right mm -hmm. but but would you want to fight with a gun that small um so there there's there's always that uh balance between functionality versus concealability mm -hmm. and um i struggle with that but i always keep an open mind and i think people sometimes would probably rather that i just come out and say oh this gun's a piece of crap don't buy it i hate it um, but I can almost always think of applications where people can pick up this gun and it would be useful in a certain scenario or a certain circumstance um, or point of use that you, your philosophy of use that you might want to use it in. And uh, because of that, I, I struggle to uh, find something that's an absolute reject. But man, this, this Zip 22, is, that's ringing a bell no, there. That Zip 22 will definitely... 
Every time I shoot that gun, I'm like, man, I got to be careful. I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> it's very easy to do. Very easy to do. We do have video. There is video on Hank Strange of us doing that. But uh, so what's a what's a terrible micro compact that uh, you wish you had just for nostalgia? You know what? We were talking about the Remington R. Is it the R fifty one or fifty? I think it's R fifty one. Yeah, let's get into that because I'm not familiar with that one. Remington R fifty. Is it? Yes, it's R fifty one. That was a gun. I remember seeing this um, gun at a shot show. Here we go. That's what it looks like. The R fifty one. It looks good if you look at it. If you look at it here in pictures and everything, it looks kind of retro, you know, kind of that fifties. Uh, it looks a little like a PPK. Yeah, kind of fifties space age style. I remember yeah. at the shot show where we saw that, and we did a video with the engineer and everything. And typically, wow. those videos where people are telling me, you know, at shot show, they're telling me about their thing. I'm not going to go. This is a piece of crap. You know, but I'll let them tell me about it and stuff like that. And then sure. after that video, I remember Lola saying, you know, we should do that again because you were very unenthusiastic about that. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that again. I did not like that thing. <laughs> and it's really funny because that gun had so many problems. You know, yeah. people were actually buying those guns out there and they were pieces of crap right out the box. I remember a gun store that I knew... Um, here locally they got one in and they called me up they were like you need to come look at this thing it's really horrible and um and i remember going to like i remember going to um after shot show there was the nra show a couple of months later and at nra i was in remington's booth asking them about how terrible it was because at this point now people are making youtube videos i didn't get one i regret not getting one i should have gotten one just to keep it in the collection and if anyone has one out there and you're not trying to sell it for an arm and a leg i'll be happy just to put it in my collection of horrible guns well let's check prices let's see if there's yeah. uh, any uh, used market out there i'm yeah. curious now i'm yeah. gonna see we'll see what it is but here's the story i remember being at nra in remington's booth they had a massive uh signage and all that up and people were in their booth asking them about all the problems that they were having with the R51. And I remember the guys, the engineers and everything in there saying, oh no, we designed it like this deliberately for your safety. <laughs> I, was I was listening to just craziness. And at that show, they canceled that gun. Oh, and, and man. Pe and people who had problems with it that sent it back to them never, ever got them back. So um, um. that is an idea of a terrible gun that I wish I would have just bought one and just kept it in the box. Okay. You know, uh, but okay. I will I will look and see yeah. if I can find a price on it. Like it's like a misminted coin, Hank. That's what you're telling me right there, is it increases the value, and I'm sure that there's probably yeah. not a lot of them out there, so that too would increase Yeah, let's check Gunbroker. We'll check Gunbroker here and see. Uh, Pre-owned 370. It's not too, it's not terrible. 450. To okay. something here that's still bids going on on some of these, a gun yeah. broker. I mean, of course, I should also be looking at arms list, you know. <laughs> but uh, you should, yeah, you should I, indeed. I gotta, I gotta, I need to look at arms list <laughs> and see, uh, see what arms list has going on. Oh, but man. yeah, um, <laughs> you know, let's see what uh, 
Yeah, you've made the case now. I, I can see that it's okay, definitely <laughs> collective um, yeah. or collector's category, but okay, 295. Yeah. yeah, so there's there's some on arms list. So yeah, you know, I'm telling you, they, they don't have, that. they might have no value right now, but just for the awesomeness, um, one of those guns that I got like that, the Hudson, Hudson H9, remember that? Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I never yeah. ran across one of those either. Uh, no? Did you pick one of those up? I got one used. Like, okay. uh, I think last year. The end of last year. I got one used, and I'm glad I did, man. When those first came out, those guns were, like, selling for twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, the box yeah. was awesome. It was like buying an iPhone. Right. And I then, remember there was quite a bit of fanfare about that Yeah. Gun. The rollout, the company burned through like $40 million just on the rollout of that gun, you know. Um, and they, they were nice. The people at the, comp the company were really cool and everything, but they just spent too much money. They just went in too deep, and they got in way over their heads. And then when they had problems, the same thing happened. They, they went into bankruptcy, and a bunch of people's guns were there getting fixed, and they went out of business, and those people never got wow. the guns, and... You know, and that's an awesome story. I hate to say it; it's terrible, but it's cool when you when you take that gun out of your collection and go, "Have you even seen something like this?" People are like, "No, what the hell right. is that?" <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. Now that that does add to the collectability. That's very true. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Stuff like that yeah. is you know what you live for. And obviously, when you're a guy like me that collects bull uh, bull pups, there's a lot of terrible bull pups out there. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard that argument uh, so many times over the years and um i've i've tried a few bull pups and and i've enjoyed them but i just never could make the uh yeah. changeover like what yeah. limited um uh, memory or uh, physical skills that i have with the ar-15 i'm not about to sacrifice to uh, mm -hmm. have a shorter length of pull or, you know, the other traditional benefits that you can argue yeah. over the bullpup. So, yeah, there's some badass bullpups with this. So I have a FN FS 2000. I don't know if you know what that looks like. The FS 2000 It's a big sci-fi looking like gun. Um, you guys, I think, Oh, I think he, I think, uh, yeah, here we go. Let's see if we yeah. can get, yeah, there we go. Got you back. You froze for a second there. Yeah. Do you know what the FN FS 2000 looks like? I think so. Uh, is that kind of like uh, the one on Halo that we see a lot? Um, okay, so here we go. This is this is it here. Here's some pictures of it. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Damn. Right. It's like a big boat. It's like a big plastic boat. Yeah. You know. Um, the arms man says Hank, you must have the worst collection. Shake my head. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some good guns. I've got some good guns and some terrible guns, and that's sure. fun. Yeah, that's fun. You know? Do you know that they it, used? It, do you know they used to use Picassos for target practice? Do you know I that? No. Yeah. If you look up Picasso, and before before he was Picasso, and everyone knows what that is, uh, his paintings people thought well, this is crap. People would paint over Picassos. They would put it out there and do bow and arrow practice with it, all kinds of yeah. stuff. Okay? I, it doesn't surprise me, knowing humanity the way that I do, and 
mm-hmm. putting myself back in that time and that mindset, I, I could see where, where people would do that. It's horrible now to think about, but um, I'm sure people reacted to it poorly because it wasn't what they thought was beautiful or what they thought was art at the time. Yeah. I think that that's just the way of the world. And, yeah. you know, I think that, uh, you know, when you're doing this kind of stuff, you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to be aware of that. That's the best way to sell it. So I was right. just looking, I was just looking at arms list. I've got to log in. I got to get my login to log in here. But there's a we wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk cryptocurrency is a firearm friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk. T-U-S-C. Yeah, I was just saying I've got to uh, log in here to see exactly what the price is, but I'll do that later. But this is a this is a nice OD green one right there. So yeah, that's I might add that. You know, I might want to add a nice OD green. No, that's hot. That gun's got a big bottom on it, though. If I'm uh, being completely honest, it's got a big what? Big bottom. Yeah. <laughs> thick. Yeah, uh, that's like a um, scar. You know, like a scar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 The big boot, the Ugg boot. Yeah, the Ugg boot, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I just love bad stuff like that, man. You know, it's that's what makes the gun world a fun uh, a fun world to be right. in, in my opinion, you know. So yeah. I had some guys on the show a couple of weeks ago. They're collecting those smart guns. Oh. Remember smart guns? That gun guys was the bane of a gun guy's existence. Yeah. Remember, if you showed if you showed that you had a smart gun, every gun guy in the world will put a fatwa out on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but these guys were like, "That's what makes it cool, man. These things are popping yeah. up every now and then on Gunbroker, Armsless, whatever, whatever it is you 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 like to use." And they're like, wow. "Yeah, you know, it's kind of cool to get it, especially because it's so horrible." <laughs> I think it used yeah, a, I mean, a wrist. You had to have a wrist thing in order to work it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Was it like RFID or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Some that, stupid that, craziness. Yeah. Proximity things. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this further goes to reinforce your concept of the collectible based upon a, a, a strange set of criteria, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's crappy or it's uh, just horrible. Uh, mm-hmm. Or antithetical to the Second Amendment, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, some people get the most awesome. Like we were talking about Noveski. Some dudes, everything is Noveskied out, right? Because right. that's a thing. Or FN. I knew a guy who his guns were only FN. If he had a rifle, FN. Handgun, FN. Anything right. that he had was FN. He wore FN hats, FN t-shirts. FN bags, went to the range, all his FN stuff laid out. Hey, sure. You know, that if, if that's what floats your boat, and I have yeah. FN guns, I like FN stuff. I like Noveski things. I have some stuff from uh, Noveski. I don't have any of their rifles or anything like that. Um, yeah. You know, I have Daniel Defense. I have an, um, what is it? The DDM3, the integrally suppressed one. DD, DDR, okay. DDRM3, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, but I've never liked that idea of being monolithic 
in terms of your style. You know, like the guy who only wears polo or Ralph Lauren or Gucci or right. whatever, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I'm totally with that. Uh, and the fun thing about it is uh, I've been writing since 2014. And because of that, I've been exposed to a lot of different guns and um, a lot of different gun companies. And because of that, I feel like I have a, a pretty broad uh, understanding of the different approaches that they have. And man, there are, there are so many different flavors out there, you know, um, like you could talk about Daniel defense and, and what they bring to the table and that's a high end product, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You're going to pay for that name. You're going to pay for that quality. Uh, but then you've got companies like Caltech mm -hmm. and uh, Caltech does some really innovative things. They kind of push the boundaries and, um, they, they come out with some different stuff. Uh, people could um, debate about the, the level of quality there, but I, I think that, you know, some of the products that I've had and that I've reviewed, they've been solid. So, yeah. uh, but a very different approach than uh, something like a Daniel Defense. Uh, yeah. But there's so many different experiences out there. There's no reason to limit yourself. Yeah, we're really talking about two completely different companies, uh, Daniel Defense and Caltech, right? Obviously, Daniel Defense is building off of ARs and established platforms and then sure. adding, you know, manufacturing and, and uh, design to what already right. exists, right? And sort of perfecting it, which is what a lot of companies do out there. And then they build up that boutique-ness um, of the name. Um, yep. You yeah. know, Caltech to me is a completely different thing. And I used to be really cool with the Caltech guys until they got mad at me over, like, I, you know, I did a video for one of the guns and I just, like, put out there honestly what I thought about it and they got kind of mad. They kind of run like a cult. They are <laughs> a little bit like a cult over there. They are like Scientologists or, you know, one of oh, those man. kinds of things. But I'll tell you, no one, like, to me, George Kelgren is the embody is the only living embodiment of Browning or any of these guys that design guns that we all like oh my god these people are so amazing George Kelgren that's right. that dude who's living yeah. that has it, it, like just made and invented so many unique things and really pushed the boundaries of what firearms are more than that guy I don't you know and and still living yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the big barrier, right? John Moses Browning, hallowed be thy name. Um, right. <laughs> since then, it's kind of a short list. Yeah. And um, Keltec is is great about that, like pushing the boundaries. So yeah, I uh, put him over uh, Kalishnikov, man, because I, personally, I don't even really know. I I don't really believe that Kalishnikov came up with the AK on his own, but okay. But that's all he did. AK. That's it. Right, right. Yeah, Stoner yeah, did some I mean, more stuff, obviously, huh? Yeah, but do you? I mean, what more prolific um, testament to invention do you need? You know, I mean, that thing is friggin' worldwide. So for sure, uh, it, I mean, yeah, change the world, change the face of the history of the right. planet Earth. Uh, AK, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Without yeah, but what have we done <laughs> <laughs> well to me that's always kind of so when you're talking about engineers creative people people who invent right. things if you only invent one thing i always doubt it 
So I'm an artist. I'm a creative person, right? I What I'm doing even right now is just coming off the top of my head, right? I have no preparation or anything like that, you know? And, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not super knowledgeable about guns. I'm not, uh, you know, former super tactical dude or anything, or not even law enforcement like you. But it's just coming from a genuine flow of my experience and all that and, and doing things with people. Sure. Right? Yeah. But to me, whenever I see... Cre- so even if I see a musician who only has one hit song, I often wonder if that's like Milli Vanilli, you know? That's, yeah. that's not yeah. really a sign of creativity. True creativity just keeps... Look at Willie Nelson. That's one of the most prolific writers on the face of this planet. He's made hit songs. For, like We don't even know all the hit songs that Willie Nelson wrote. Or Dolly Parton, <laughs> for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of goes back to the uh, basic principle of invention, right? There are two kind of inventions. There are improvements to new products, and there's completely new products. Yep. And uh, a lot of the stuff that we do or that we see in this industry, it falls into those two categories. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's why, like, yeah, approaches. that's why, even though even though I had some, like, you know, little rumblings with uh, the guys at Caltech. I respect the fact that these are one of the few people in the firearms industry that's actually innovating some shit. Yeah, 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 without a doubt. Like you said, uh, Daniel Defense is that company that's taken that platform and improved it, right? And can continue to create something that, hey, uh, if if it's good enough for SOCOM, that's that's pretty high praise, Mm -hmm. and therefore we can sell it to the American public. But um, are, are they changing the industry that much? I, I could say, like you, from your standpoint there with uh, Caltech, yeah, Caltech is changing things. They're they're not afraid to say, hey, how can we really innovate this and do something a little bit different? So it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it is cool. Cruzman says Bob Dylan is another one. Yes, respect to Bob Dylan out there. Sure. Look, you know, I used to think this, and you could tell me what you think. I used to think that, you know, you can't mess up an AR-15. <laughs> I used to think, okay, Sean, I know. I used to think, like, how can you mess up an AR? But, you know, if you if you stay in the gun world long enough, you will you will meet companies that can mess up an AR. Well, what do you think, Sean? What do you think about that? Well, and this goes back to your the point that you made earlier when you said that people can suspect that um, the companies that we work with will occasionally cherry pick and send out their best example of a firearm for you to review. Um, That's not the case, I think. And there's evidence to support that because there have been a number of times when I've gotten products and uh, despite the number of people that I'm gonna be putting my information out in front of, there are issues, right? Um, But it's up to us to communicate with those companies and say, Hey, um, we didn't have everything we needed or there was a screw missing or this product failed. Um, now we're in that place. Uh, let's test your customer service and then we can maybe report that back, uh, to the folks who are going to be reading these reviews. So yeah, I, I, I think you can absolutely mess up an AR 15. Um, yeah. There, there are ways to, to screw up just about everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've been, you've been doing this um when did you say you started 2014 
Yeah, I started writing for Police One in uh, 2014. Okay, so you missed the firearm again. What was that, like 2013? Yeah, I think so. Okay, but after that, everyone and their mama started making ARs. Remember oh, that? yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been prolific. Um, yeah. And uh, the, the diversity of chamberings and, um, you know, the different options that you have, the different philosophies of use, uh, you know, anything from hunting to varminting to home defense to PRS type applications to designated marksmen, you name it, man. Um, the AR-15, uh, in, in a lot of ways, I'm tickled about it because uh, it's so diverse. We can use it for just about anything based mm-hmm. on uh, that explosion of um, people who are making different options for it. Yeah, absolutely. But everyone shouldn't, like I've seen some companies, for example, that want to get into the AR-15 business and make the most entry-level AR that I probably wouldn't even sell for four. I wouldn't buy it for 400 bucks, you know, and they're selling it for like 2000 bucks. I remember talking to a company like that one time. I went to their factory and they were very proud of these ARs and you know what do what do a what does a guy do buying an AR in the store right you pull the charging handle you know you try that trigger if that trigger is crunchy if that charging handle is crunchy are you paying two thousand dollars no uh, well if you have some facility with what you're doing or what you're looking for then no you're not you're not yeah. but um, there are also plenty of people who uh, would go out for their first experience and not necessarily know any better. So yeah, um, buy a it, cheap buy a cheap one then. Don't pay two thousand sure. dollars if you don't know what you're getting into. For sure, it's yeah. worth it to get some because you could get a Smith and Wesson. Uh, what is what is what was that entry level Smith and Wesson? Was it the Sportster? Uh, yeah, like the M and P Sportster. Yeah, yeah. You can get you remember when you can. I don't know what it is now. I'd have to look. But you used to be able to get those things for like four hundred. It was six hundred, yeah. then it was like five hundred, then four hundred. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and a, a good gun, you know, yeah. not like an abomination that yeah. like you might worry about if you paid four mm-hmm. or five hundred bucks for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the AR market uh, in those early days was like you said it four to five hundred mm-hmm. and if you pushed up higher than that then there would be a, a reasonable question as to why what 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 am i absolutely getting because all of these parts are essentially the same but um but we've had a lot of people i think uh niggling in the details right the devil is in the details mm-hmm. and uh, doing some really cool things that are uh innovating not necessarily the overall platform uh, but uh, changing the small things that are really cool. What's your favorite trends in ARs? Like, what stuff that you like that you see companies doing to ARs? Is it um, lightness? What What is it? Well, I think lightness is a is a is extremely valuable. Uh, I wouldn't take it in exchange for reliability, but um, the the honest feedback on that is most people aren't going to shoot their guns uh, to an extent where they that reliability needs to be an issue. Sure, I mean, if you do a, a 1,500 round test of a gun, you should expect to have no problems with that. 
but are most people going to fire their AR-15 into the 10,000 round or 20,000 no. I think round? the average is 100 rounds before people sell it. Sure. Uh, but so if you're, if you're able to meet that benchmark, um, hopefully more than that, uh, lightness is cool because then you get into the proliferation of accessories, right? And that lightness is where you're going to gain those initial advantages that allow you to bolt on more accessories to heighten the capabilities of your AR. I think uh, the trend that I've been happy about lately is um, not necessarily directly related to ARs, but in conjunction with ARs is the uh, low variable powered optic. Um, having LVPOs greatly increases the utility uh, overall of mm -hmm. that platform. And, um, you know, like I've got something coming up pretty soon with uh, primary arms using one of their LPVOs and an ERA Sokka Defense uh, 45 degree mount with a red dot on it. So I can have the capability to have a magnified optic straight over the top of the receiver and then camp 45 degrees and engage targets for uh, close-up stuff if I need to. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's awesome. That's not something that we had before, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm excited about that. The LPVOs are getting smaller and, uh, do you yeah, like those I, better than, do you like those better than iron sights? Or would you still also have all like, so would you have like all three, would you have iron sights, the LPVO and, you know, like a red dot on top of that, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't um, really chase irons that much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, if if I had a situation where I needed to, I would plug some on. But I think if you use a quality optic that uh, you can rely on that, if it's something that is either in your uh, service rotation for home defense, or if it's like a duty type weapon, then you need to religiously uh, keep track of your battery, right? Um, but even then with wretched reticle, that's not always an issue unless you're in low light settings, mm -hmm. then, uh, you want to keep track of your, um, brightness settings and your, um, if you've got a shake awake feature, that's always helpful too. It'll extend mm -hmm. that battery life, but you have a dedicated, um, firearm like that, that you can set up. Uh, I don't, I don't run irons. Um, okay. my, I, I know this might surprise you, but. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting a little long in the tooth. And my, uh, I knew that was my, the next thing. I knew that. My uh, vision is to not what it once was. And so as a result, I will take every damn advantage I can get. And I think that uh, good optics are uh, a great way to go. Do you uh, having a focus on irons mm -hmm. is like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Okay. Um, and then there is, if, if people are worried about weight, you do have, like, Magpul makes some really good, uh, you know, lightweight iron stuff that, you know, or iron they sights that you sure can put do. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's not a bad option. But if you're talking about total ounces, right, and ounces mm -hmm. equal pounds eventually, mm -hmm. so we've got mm -hmm. to put that into the consideration. But, um, but a, a red dot? You know, if, if you're talking about an LPVO and a red dot, like a, just like a mini red dot um, on on the side of your rifle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hollow like Sun is doing amazing, amazing. That's something that's a company I've seen go from like zero to hero since I've been in the gun world. Hollow Sun, yeah. amazing story, an amazing 
like what they're putting out there nowadays. Yes, yes. Um, and in fact, example here, um, I reviewed Staccato's P this year and uh, ended up with the 507C X2 on there and I couldn't be more impressed with what a great red dot, um, what a game changer in, in so many ways. And the, the hardiness of it has been really solid. I'm, I'm been tickled with that too. Yeah, absolutely. We got a comment from Dan Hates You before we go to the break. Dan Hates You says, the Department of Redundancy Department says you should run irons with your red dot or EOT. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, we went, right. through that. We went through and uh, I was part of the National Law Enforcement Firearms Instructors Association. And we went through the red dot conversion training, right, where we were going to be able to instruct um, law enforcement officers uh, coming up through the academy how to shoot their firearms and convert to red dot. That was a topic of much debate. Like we have to have suppressor height sights right on our pistols. Um, we're going to take, we're going to take a quick break. Let's continue this right when we come back. Uh, because I think I've got a lot of questions here and people probably have some as well. The who moved my freedom podcast is made possible by our partners at two a commerce veteran owned. And with over 20 years experience Two a commerce is the leader in custom e-commerce and web application development in the shooting sports industry. Clients include major brands such as Guard Dog Body Armor, Sylvan Arms, AccuFire Technologies, The Tactical Games, Warrior Knife Company, and yours truly, Hank Strange. Visit 2A Commerce and support this show by supporting them. Once again, visit the number 2acommerce.com. Yeah, so you, you, I think you were saying that the adoption of red dots, there was a lot of consternation. <laughs> um, is it here to stay? Is, is our red not, dots here not to stay? so much the adoption of red dots. It's going to be slow, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, um, they're going to be the naysayers, people who are entrenched in, in their position and are only looking for that confirmation bias to, to echo back to them. Yeah, yeah you're right. It, red dots suck. But um, the, the consideration of should I use suppressor height sights? Should I co-witness my irons with my um, red dot? And uh, a lot of feedback on that. There's a lot of different people that have different philosophies on how that should be approached. It, it's not a terrible idea, um, but in the law enforcement scenarios, you can almost literally average out most engagements, right? They're like five feet or less. Um, And at five feet or less, you do not need a red dot. You may not even need to aim your your pistol. Um, So if the red dot died, if you weren't religious on your replacement of your battery schedule, or if you were in a situation and suddenly your optic failed, Mm-hmm. Uh, would you need irons? Most of the time, the answer is no. Uh, if you're able to frame up your target and get it within the window uh, of your optic, you're you're going to be money. If everything else is is solid and uh, your your shooting foundation is good, you're going to hit your target. Yeah, it depends. Uh, a lot of that has to do with how close you're fighting, right, or how close you expect to fight. Yeah. yeah. 
proximity is everything. And uh, I remember uh, at a gun site course, 250 course, that was one of the points that they made um, at, you know, three yards. Uh, you don't really even need to aim. You're just pointing in that general direction and you don't necessarily have to uh, have even sight picture. Um, now, granted, there are scenarios where it's going to be optimal. Uh, if you've got a hostage type situation where you have to make a more precise shot, then yes, uh, red dot's going to be the way to go all the way. Um, but yeah, for, for the, the idea of redundancy, uh, I hear you, brother. I, well, I think... I mean, it depends on... You know, some of this really depends on who it is. Like, let's take law enforcement, for example, right? I mean, I know that's what you did. That's what we're talking about. I've seen a lot of people in law enforcement, their equipment is seriously lacking attention, right? Um, they don't know how to sight things in, uh, batteries, all that kind of stuff, much less like how to mount things right. And we're talking about people that have a higher probability than the average citizen out there who maybe takes this more seriously. They have a higher probability to actually get into a situation where they need those things, yet they're sorely lacking if you look. Um, I've done some training with, with different people and looked at their equipment and thought, oh, my God, these guys are in trouble. So. Sure. Look, man, it, it, you could potentially tear um, the Band-Aid off of uh, an enormous subject here if you wanted to delve into this. But, um, yes, there are uh, a wide array of law enforcement officers out there with a wide array of access or limited access to uh, different firearms and um, accessories, right, to help them get their job done. It's one of the least commonly used skill sets that law enforcement possesses today, but it is the highest liability and uh, arguably one of the greatest responsibilities. Um, and you have entirely different walks of life that go into law enforcement. There are people who are, I'm sure you'll probably get this reference, tackleberries, uh, if you look back at the old movie, uh, Police Academy, there was a guy <laughs> who used oh, hoppies mm -hmm. uh, as uh, his aftershave, right? He mm -hmm. knew every single data point on his Smith & Wesson revolver, and he could tell you bullet weights, and he knew them forward and back. He knew the uh, trigger pressure of his guns. But guess what? There are cops who are on the opposite end of that spectrum, too, and they get up every day and they put their uniform on and they go out and they do the job. Um, if you see uh, an officer on the line like that uh, and you see that their gear or equipment gives you the impression that they're uh, maybe not up to snuff with someone who goes out uh, as a, just a 2A celebrator and practices um, regularly, you can also infer that their training is probably not up to snuff. And uh, that's just a, a sad reality out there. Mm -hmm. If people are motivated, um, they can push toward trainings. It's not always going to be available to them, uh, but there were times when I stepped outside of my uh, normal duties and would go out and obtain additional training in addition to what I, in addition to what I was doing uh, on duty. Um, but it, it's not always that case, man. Yeah. So 
like that being the case, um, I think this is why I think this is why this consternation, right, about red dots, because you know iron sights. If you've got them sighted in, <laughs> you don't touch that rifle. Let's say for six months or a year, you pick it up. You know sure. you could you could pop those iron sights up or whatever. So, you know the flip side of that, using red dots and things. The technology for charging those things. Uh, I'm interested to know what you think works best. Is it battery? Is it solar power? Is it some of the stuff out there that, uh, for example, like Olight, let's say, or other companies are using these things that you know you can magnetize and then plug it into USB or something and, and charge it. What do you think is more reliable? Which you know, what do you prefer out of those? Yeah, it's um, it. it the answer, and, and you'll hate it, I'm sure, is it depends, right? Like if you're um, the average concealed carrier, um, your your requirement uh, is not going to be the same as it is for law enforcement that may not have the ability to retreat from uh, a, a deadly encounter, right? Um, we should, I think, focus on avoidance at all costs as concealed carriers, as uh, as concerned citizens, um, but only engage if we're absolutely required to. And, and so because of that philosophy, the uh, incumbent responsibility on your equipment maintenance is not nearly as high. Um, a, a law enforcement officer who might be responsible for the life of themselves, their partner, or um, someone else in the public, mm-hmm. they've, got, they've got a higher uh, level of responsibility so their equipment needs to be outstanding. Uh, I think it should be held to a higher bar. And um, so batteries have been great. I think, uh, you know, when you look back even recently at the size of the original red dots that got mounted onto guns, man. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. I've been looking at movies since the 80s. <laughs> no, I, this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, um, the, remember yeah. the laser scope in like Terminator? that uh arnold had this this enormous pistol yeah. with the laser pointer on it and, yeah and, i'm gonna try to look that up uh-huh. it was like half a broomstick like right it, it was gigantic uh so technology is continually improving and it's impressing me um mm-hmm. i think solar is great but for uh you know I mean, here's another look, look, uh, look at these yeah. look at these things man oh, that's it that's, look it. At, that's money Look at look at the look at that. The up this freaking optic is bigger than the gun. That's hot. Now think about the holster required to, to strap that bad boy on. Holy moly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the technology is getting better, right? And it's it's constantly improving. But I think right now Remember uh, these? Um, Remember these things? Uh, yeah. I, that's the one I think was on um the Terminator 2 or or something or Terminator. Uh, the original Terminator movie was was one like that, and, and it, yeah. you know, filled mm-hmm. with batteries and produced a light for a brief period of time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, compared to the Shake Awake and the uh, battery life saving functions that we have now, that uh, we almost take for granted because they've become kind of an industry standard. But mm-hmm. it's fascinating because the technology is improving, and look when at, it's improving, it's look small. at Stallone. Look at Stallone in this movie. Oh yeah. Look at that yeah. laser. You're the disease and I'm the Right. You can't even look down the sights of that gun anymore. 
<laughs> there's dudes. There's dudes that still have those out there in their safes. God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are yeah. The old school. Red dots. Red dots. <laughs> you and your red dots. Yeah. Um, Night Train says Magpul sites are gold standard for me, but they cost a lot in gold. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, but you know that's the one of the best things about where we're at right now is mm-hmm. there there's solutions out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, th- there's no need to hate or judge. You can talk about preferences, but um, ultimately you, you got to mm-hmm. find what's going to work for you. And, and that's one of the things that we love uh, preaching at Pew Pew yeah. is uh, find the solution that works for you and, and stick with it. You know, Any good solar it, ones out there that you like? Because I know you said it's a little bit of everything. So solar power seems to probably be a little bit sure. in there. What do you think? Yeah. What do you like that solar power out there? So um, I think Hollow Sun, right? Like they have one of the best names in the game for the, the solar stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it's also battery powered too. So you've mm-hmm. got that uh, additional reliability. Mm-hmm. I think because law enforcement shootings tend to trend toward dark c- scenarios where mm-hmm. it's dark out at night, um, mm-hmm. that's a little bit more iffy. But then it, it should not supersede the religious um, maintenance of your battery. You know, that annual replacement, uh, even if you're still putting out good power, switch yeah. that battery. Is battery. it annual on batteries, man? Because I know people always say that and then I'll get battery powered stuff and three months later, dead. That thing's dead. I didn't even yeah. use it. It's um, dead. And, yeah. and it has to become, and this is one of the things that we talked about in the Enlefia course, is it has to become part of your daily maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. You should be, uh, when you get dressed for duty, you should be holstering, drawing, press checking, inspecting your weapon, making sure that your red dot is functioning and good to go. It's part of, you know, you wouldn't walk out the door without underwear or shoes on, Uh make sure that your stuff is okay. working. I, I live in Florida, work. so I don't know if you're aware of how people yeah, get down. Yeah, I'm not judge. yeah. let me see that. That's let okay. me see that handgun once again. There's a question I want to ask you. This is why I want to see it. Okay, so let's take a look at this. Okay, now you still have sights on this. Do you think there's a day when handguns won't have any of these iron sights on them at all? They won't have any, um, you know, suppressor height or whatever. Do you just be a red dot? Do you foresee that day? Absolutely. Really? <laughs> Are you already doing that with some guns? No, um, but I foresee a day when we won't even have this. When we won't have this, um, uh, you know, it'll be a slick top, basically. We're going to have projectors that um, will emit a screen of uh, a field, basically, for lack of a better point, and uh, it'll be semi-transparent, and there'll be a red dot just floating, and you'll be able to bring your weapon up on target, and you'll see that red dot. It'll just be floating there, and there will be nothing else around it, so uh, it will essentially um, remove the need for uh, iron sights at all. Wow, how that sounds like some sci-fi stuff. How it far away do you is. think? Okay, it okay. absolutely is. But yeah. but think about the trend, man. Um, when we look back, uh, red dots were sci-fi, right? 
Um, there's a, a comment on the, I just reviewed the PDPF, right? We talked about that earlier. And there's a comment on one of my articles right now on that review where uh, a guy's like, oh, but this, this trend for uh, red dots is craze is going to blow over. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. There, there are too uh-huh. many advantages, right? When you yeah, red dots about, are here to stay. If anyone thinks red dots are going to go away, I don't believe that. No. When you think about what we did when we put iron sights on a gun, Right. We mm-hmm. we did the most amazing thing for millions of years. Arguably, we've been sighting our targets, right? A target focus and throwing a spear, slinging a sling, a bow and arrow, you name it. We've been looking at the target when we did that. And when we put iron sights on a gun, we created a, a, a triple perspective where our eyes had to do something that they had never had to do before. Um, we had to put this in the forefront of our focus over a target that we can only see hazily in the forefront and then line it up in this little gap in the back, also in our peripheral, right? Mm-hmm. With this having clear focus, right? Because mm-hmm. the eye can only focus on one thing. Um, when we went to red dots, we literally went back to target focus shooting. Target focus shooting. So we are now looking at our target. We're bringing the red dot over our target and superimposing it over the target looking at the red dot that's what throws a lot of us off doing that whole thing yeah because we're so embedded with that front sight focus right Mm -hmm. but now it's just seeing it's just seeing the target and then superimposing the red dot over it and seeing the red dot in your peripheral vision hit the trigger you're good to go yeah um you know, as long as you like, you know, you might be you might be challenged like me and have astigmatism or something. Yeah. Not always have your glasses on. <laughs> I That's don't wear my glasses at half as much as I should. So it's, it gets a little complicated. Yes. Yeah. yeah and uh, you also get the benefit of having both eyes open when you do that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm a cross dominant shooter um, mm-hmm. like you. I was raised in the 70s and pediatricians in those days said, hey, it's a right-handed world. So hand everything to his right hand, disallow the fact that he's um, trying to grab everything with his left hand. So I'm still left eye dominant, but um, I've learned to be right-handed. And as a result, that makes me cross dominant. Mm -hmm. But with a red dot, I can come up. I don't have to tell this eye shut up like I do with irons. And I can see my target, focus on my target, have good um, presence of, about my environment all the while, bring my red dot up on my target and, you know, engage. So uh, mm-hmm. just so many benefits to not doing it the old way that it, it's not going to go away. And, and it's only going to and, and to be honest, I'm probably uh, underselling it. it. It's it's you know, it may be 100 years from now, but holy crap. Uh, what is it going to look like then? 
Yeah, technology is getting better. I mean, just the competition, the race of all these different companies, uh, Red Dots are getting smaller, lighter, better features. The fact that, you know, it seems simple, but just a tray, so you don't have to take the whole damn Red Dot off in order to, sure. you know, all those kinds of things. Um, the battery technology, everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, I could see that. 42 Chill yeah, said, yeah. We, we have a couple of minute, minutes left here. 42 Chill says, we were talking about future stuff, bullets with your name. No, no aiming. Bullets with your name. Do you think? Think we're going to see that? Bullets programmed to get you. I think um, it was in Fifth Element. Probably, <laughs> I think you'll probably see something more along the lines of an interfaced um, smart gun, where you have a targeting system built into. Uh, either a pair of glasses or maybe the human eye that interfaces with the gun and it is like a targeting system, like a hub, yeah. right? Where yeah, you we have see... that in fighter jets. Yeah. I sure. So saying, there's yeah. no reason why ultimately it, it can't be applied. In and I know this stuff is fanciful and it's kind of crazy, but um, I, I've been a big sci-fi fan forever. I mean, that, that's one of the themes that, that right. people, we love, <laughs> that kind of stuff, right? And um, but it's 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 coming. Yeah, we know, have like, guns that shoot around corners. Um, there's there's little tiny drones that will get you now, man. That drone could come up to you, identify you, and blow up right in your face. <laughs> yeah, it, it's insane. Uh, the yeah. the drone world is really scary. Uh, the the ability to weaponize those tiny things is uh, <laughs> kind of on the alarming order. Oh yeah, I mean some serious some serious uh, things out there. So it, it's going to be a lot of stuff. And I agree with you. I don't think red dots are going to go away anytime soon. It's just going to get uh, you know more and more with the technology. And we probably will see a point here. With that, there'll be handguns, and people won't even bother with uh, the the front sights and all that kind of stuff on these things. Yeah, I, I don't think we're very far from that now. Um, some very high end, yeah. respected shooters that I gonna, have trained. With. We're gonna take a break. Sorry, hold on. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of manufacturers like Safety Harbor Firearms. SHF is a quintessential family-owned small business totally representative of the American dream. Safety Harbor Firearms is a Florida-based manufacturer of the compact entry stock and the SHTF 50 upper for an AR-15 lower. Also, SHF happily delivers on your Sten Gun parts needs. So don't forget to check out StenParts.com and SafetyHarborFirearms.com. All right. Sorry about that. Finish your thought, Sean. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'd like to comment that I believe you have a very nice voice, Hank. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Your, your voiceovers are, are lovely. Uh, I yeah. think the timbre of your voice is, is quite pleasant. And I, I, I find myself wondering during that commercial break, if you ever just call Lola at work and say, Hey baby, it's Hank. How are you oh. today? <laughs> she would she would not even believe that's me. <laughs> but, oh, that's uh, fun. <laughs> yeah. If Lola hears me on the phone with a female and I go into the deep voice, she's like, What why are you trying why are you trying to flirt with that chick on the phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, Oh, I heard you I heard your voice go go deep what's up with that <laughs> so i get in trouble 
I get in trouble it was on a that one. Over, baby. It was a voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just relaxed, you know. I was just relaxing. <laughs> the other day, I was. This was so weird. I caught myself doing it, and I was like laughing at myself. So I'm, you know, you're you're walking around, you see someone, and they go, you know, hey. So I was walking, I saw a guy, and he went, hey, like real deep, you know. And then I responded deeper than I usually do, because he yeah. went deep. I was like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right. And I was like, why did I just do that? <laughs> you know. But the guy caught me off guard being like a deep voice and then my brain just immediately went, Oh, this guy's not gonna out deep me. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, same thing, man. I, I was yeah. at um like I have a really I think a good firm handshake and, mm -hmm. and with my big hands and you know, I'm pretty, fairly strong. Mm -hmm. Um I, I met a guy recently here in mm -hmm. Texas that Man, he put it on me, Hank. He put it on me. <laughs> yeah, I was not ready. You like, were rethinking um, that handshake, like, damn it. I was like, and when you come back after the fact, like, oh, I gotta turn it on now. It's not the same, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, oh. Okay, I caught you. No, I, I hate you. it when guys catch me out there and like do the vice grip, and I'm like, this bastard. I didn't know he was going in on vice. Oh, Men yeah. are too yeah. competitive. We are. We got serious problems. Uh, Forty two yeah. chills says. Sam Andrews has a deep voice. Yeah, that's true. Uh huh. That's what that deep voice is about, man. It's that yeah. competitive thing, right? Oh, you yeah. down here? I, 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 I could go. Here. I could go low too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Cruzman says he hates a limp handshake. Yeah. I. So if that sometimes it happens, like a dude catches you off guard with that nonsense, and then I think I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, this guy. let me let me be clear. Like, if, if I shake your hand. Mm -hmm. You're going to know that I shook your hand, especially if right. you're a guy, right? Yeah. But um, I was ready for this one, but I wasn't at 10, right? Like, I always come like 7 or 8. Like, it's firm. But he, he was like at 10, and then I had yeah. to... Well, some guys have a, some guys have tricks, man. They try to go in there and do, like, uh, Vulcan moves on you and all kinds yeah. of... It's oh, like, yeah. come on. I didn't know we were doing all of this. I didn't know it was going to be combat. Sport, and you know? I can't stand a, a, a weak handshake either, man. Mm -hmm. that, that's like, oh, yeah. You, you shouldn't judge someone for that, but um, man, I don't know. <laughs> I was raised different, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. I think we went over lots of good stuff. Um, I think you are going to come back and talk about the pew pew tactical meter, right? Yeah. Pew yeah, pew meter. Love. Yeah, uh, there was um, one other point, and I wanted to close okay. that off too. Mm -hmm. We were just before the break there. Mm -hmm. um, I I have been fortunate enough to train with people who have done uh, some really crazy stuff, uh, some mm -hmm. really cool stuff, like special forces folks. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the feedback that I've gotten is, um, yeah, if you do lose that dot, you know that redundancy is already there because if you're able to frame your shot. Uh, you're pretty much good to go. So yeah. I just wanted to close with that one. Oh, no, absolutely, yes. And like I said, we're going to do some more stuff with the pew-pew meter. Remember, you guys heard about it first here. You know, I'll do a little breakout of the segment where we were talking about that if you're coming in now and you haven't heard about it. But we'll also get Sean to come back here and talk about that as it gets rolled out. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, you know, of course, I. It, it's been fun, man, talking to you. The time has just gone. We've... We went. Through, we started early, and we already, you know, we already went over. <laughs> we're we're at the end, man. Yeah, we're, we're at the end. Yeah. So um, <laughs> here's what I want to do. I I 
I want to thank everyone for joining us, especially you. I'm going to run in the end, and then we're going to come back, and you're going to give the words of wisdom to the folks out there. Uh, but it's been really, it's been really fun, man. It's always fun catching up with you. So, yeah, likewise. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been too long. I think the last time I was here was with uh, Kevin Dixie. And, oh yeah, uh, we, had, we had a really good time talking about uh, some yeah. different uh, defense scenarios. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we got to get Kevin time. Dixie back on, man. We have it. You know what? Yeah, we haven't uh, had Kevin Dixie on here. I got to find out. Lola is putting up a link to it, but that's just that's just a, a soft run, right? That's not really. Yeah, yeah it's not uh, it's not released yet, so um, yeah. we, we don't necessarily want to send people to it. Yeah, yet, don't. But, yeah, Lola, don't send it. Like you guys, don't go to that. We're just previewing it and showing you. That's not right. functional. It's just an idea. It's going to be coming out. And we're just wetting yeah. your appetite with that. Because <laughs> when we get it live, uh, mm -hmm. most likely September, uh, mm -hmm. we will obviously have a link directly from the homepage where you can click on it. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll do a campaign, uh, send out all the media, social media stuff, and, and let yeah. everybody know, hey, come on in. Let's get your opinion on these guns so we can fill this library out and yeah. um, get the collective benefit of everyone's knowledge. Yeah, I think that's going to be fun. So let me get to Armsmen says, great show, uh, gentlemen. And uh, 42 Chilled said, call your senators to vote no on assault weapons ban. Agree with that. Cruzman says, we haven't seen Sean solo in a while. This was nice. Yes, it is. Uh, it's always great. Sean and I, could, we could talk for hours. So uh, You yeah, have much in common. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, so here, so let me run in the end. We'll come back. We'll get words of wisdom from you, Sean. You got a couple of seconds here to think about that. Let's run the end. All right, in. All right guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here. We're going to rip the audio out of this, throw it up on iTunes and all your favorite places to get your audio pod podcast from. You can also get it from Audible as well. You know, if, you, if you're on Audible already Audible is a great place to get the Who Moved My Freedom podcast from. So, my friend Sean Curtis, Pew Pew Tactical, words of wisdom, sir. What you got? Man, I, I got a poem for you, and this one goes back so far, um, I, I don't even know uh, to quote it. There, it's been attributed to a lot of different people, um, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this to you, and it, it it's summarizing. The devil is in the details, right? For the want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For the want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For the want of a horse, the rider was lost. For the want of a rider, the battle was lost. For the want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. Uh, the devil is in the details. Sometimes it's those little things. Yep. Could be a battery in your optic. <laughs> uh, yep. Yes, it is. Full circle. Full circle. Big thanks to Sean of Pew Pew Tactical. I'm going to press the button. Thanks, Sean. Stay right there. Uh, we'll see you guys. Let me make sure I hit thanks, all this. Everyone. Yes, definitely. Thanks, everyone out there. Let me make sure I hit the buttons correctly.